Well, hello again, everyone. Kevin Hissong here with Rain Over Money. Thanks for joining me today. Uh, episode 20, we are talking about your job, your career. Um, I, I didn't really have a, a catchy title for this one, but it, it's it's something I wanted to cover in the whole uh, Rain Over Money of the Ram Diamond, uh, because it is at the core how you're going to um, make money to fund whatever it is you want, your retirement, uh, how you live, what you decide you do with your money throughout your life. So your job or your career is a big part of that. And over 25 years, I have had the opportunity to um, see a few different sides of it and just going to give my opinion on it. I don't know where all this is going to go. Usually I do these in one take. We're going to see if I can do this one in one take because there's a lot of things I want to talk about. Uh, but we'll just see how it comes out. Uh, also, just so you know, if I sound a little funky, this is my COVID episode. Uh, tested positive yesterday, so we're going to give a go. Feeling pretty good, so uh, hopefully it doesn't stick around too long. So we are talking, um, again, thanks for joining Kevin Hiss on Rain Over Money. Join us on Instagram, Twitter, at Rain Over Money. Uh, visit RainOverMoney.com as well for more information on this episode and others. So for the next 20 minutes, uh, we're going to focus on your job, your career, um, and, and, and the first thing I want to talk about is, is job and career. And I think there's a third part to that too. And it's a word I don't like because it gets overused. And I've said that before, but it's passion. So you've got your job, you've got a career, and then you've got your passion. And if you're lucky enough, all three of those things are the same. I don't know, maybe... <laughs> Maybe you're a baseball player and you, you've always played baseball. Baseball is your job. Baseball is your career and it's your passion. It's what you've always loved to do. And maybe it's the investment world. And, and uh, you know, that's what you do as an investment advisor. You make a career out of it. You build a business, you build a successful investment firm, and it's what you love as well. Um, I will say personally, um, th there are things that I know are my passion. And a lot of them, I, I think when you ask a lot of people about their passions, they don't revolve around work. Uh, I'm lucky enough that investing in money and personal finance is something I truly, truly enjoy. And that's, and that's why I do this. I, I like talking about it. I like focusing on my own uh, money, but I also, you know, want to, want to try and bring what I've learned to others because I've been successful with it. So um, that is a passion of mine, um, you know, landscaping and, and doing yard work, things like that. I don't know why I think that was what was instilled by my parents, but uh my, my mom is just turning 84 years old and she still gets out there and mulches and all that stuff, even in the middle of the summer, which I tell her not to do, but she does it anyways. Um, so yeah, so, so landscaping, yard work, things like that. Golf is a passion of mine as well. I've kind of refound it uh, after, after a layoff of 20 years or so, but I really enjoy golf. So there, there's certain things that I definitely truly love. And, um, but in terms of my working career, I'm, I'm not a giant fan of work <laughs> and that may sound funny, but many people are probably in the same boat. Um, you know, working and doing things for someone else or things that you don't want to do on a day to day basis can be hard. And I think, you know, we learn early when you get a job. And when I say a job, that is a, you know, it's something that you earn money doing. I started off at uh, something called the, the party shop and, you know, stock and shelves and things like that. That was a job. Uh, I didn't want to make a career out of that. And that was not a passion of mine, but Hey, I got a paycheck for doing it. Um, luckily a little further in life, I, I got a job uh, when I was a temp working for an insurance and investment company. And that led to my career. 
and I would have never known it. I mean, I went to school initially uh, for an accounting degree, uh, switched that up over time and ended up with a finance degree. So I was always that kind of in the money side of things, but you know, it was a little bit of dumb luck, really. I had a, a temp job that canceled on me uh, then the night before that was going to be something completely different and ended up being this went on with my career, met my wife there, everything else. And, you know, who knows what could have happened in a different multiverse or whatever. Um, but yeah, your career is, is what you put your, your time and energy into and build on and really build your expertise over your lifetime. I don't think I would have ever thought over 25 years, I would have accumulated the knowledge I did. And, I think when you combine kind of a passion with your career, you find little nuances and maybe, you know, creeks and crevices that you go down to kind of find unique knowledge on certain things. Mine really revolves around, um, uh, when I say insurance, mostly on the annuity side of things, there's a lot to different sides of the annuity world. And I'll talk about that more specifically in an episode on annuities further down the road. Uh, but that's kind of where my career led me to. Um, my passion helped me kind of round out my knowledge of investments. You know, I was focused on the insurance and I picked up a lot of investments through the variable annuity side of the world. Uh, but there was a lot of nuances and, and, you know, I enjoy certain aspects of the trading side of it, but understand the personal finance, the, the financial planning side, the retirement planning side, all that that goes with it. And the, really this, this personal finance side. Uh, as I got further on along and saw what we had accumulated, I started to look back and, and really log what I did um, along the way and what, what my wife and I did along the way uh, to make us successful. And a lot of it stemmed from our, our careers and our jobs. And there's certain aspects to that that I wanted to talk about here. So I think it breaks down. I've had the opportunity to work in three different areas. Uh, it's been all on the white collar side of things. I, I've never had really had a blue collar job. Uh, so it may be a little different on the blue collar side. And I'm just, I'm just saying I'm ignorant when it comes to that side, but I think everything can fall into three different categories and that's small business or kind of sole proprietorship, starting your own business. It's having and running your own business. There's working for a small company and then there's working for a large company, whether you want to call it a corporation, whether it's traded on the stock market or whether it's a privately held corporation. Um, you know, same thing with small companies, there can be small companies that are privately owned or publicly owned and then your small business. There's pros and cons to each and I'm just going to go through what I learned with each of those and then at the end of that. I think there's some things I learned along the way that really tie into anything you do for work. And you may call me out and say, Kev, that, that's, that's junk, but I think it's really worked for me. And uh, I, I think it's worked for others that I know very well. So uh, that's, that's kind of the roadmap I'm gonna take for this. So just starting out for an individual that wants to start their own business, uh, you know, go for it. I, I think it's a fantastic idea. You've definitely gotta be willing to put up with the lumps for a while, um, you know, if you can make it. Um, so, so, so my relative experience with that was as an investment advisor, I was pretty much having my own company. I was working for Edward Jones. Uh, I was able to earn my own office and I had my own P&L statement, profit and loss statement for that office. And yeah, I did roll up to the corporate side of it, but my paycheck was coming from what I earned on commissions and advisory fees and so on and so forth. Uh, I was lucky enough to have health insurance paid for and things like that. I did have a little bit of a 401k, but I was only getting a 401k. Uh, if I was making money. So they were going to match if I was making money uh, to match that with. So from the small business side of things, extremely flexible. Uh, if, you, if you, or I'm sorry, from the, yeah, from the small business, individual uh, opportunity business, uh, starting your own business, very flexible. 
Um, definitely the, the benefits are expensive. If you do need benefits for your family, I know a lot of successful relationships have worked out where one individual has started their own business while the other individual is with a corporation or someone that already has the, the, the insurance and, um, health insurance, life insurance, the, the vision, the dental, all that stuff that can be extra, extra expensive. So it's nice if you can have that combination. But for many people, I think the opportunity is starting out from scratch while you're young. And the opportunity that I didn't have as much, or, or I, I learned that it wasn't for me. Uh, I did this a little further on in life. I, I think I was in my early mid thirties when I started working for Edward Jones. Um, but I know people that came right out of college that was, were very successful with. And I think one reason they were very successful with it is because they could dive into it. Whether you want to say they had a passion or not, they from the start wanted to make it their career. And they knew if they stuck with it four or five years, you know, the chances are better good than not that you're going to succeed if you can if you can last that long. It's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of hard hours. You've got to eat, sleep and breathe it. And if you're willing to do something like that, I don't know, care what you do. If you're willing to do something like that, you're going to be successful at it. Um, as long as you're willing to take the lumps along the road and dust yourself off and pick yourself back up when you when you hit the hit the hard times. So definitely flexibility, uh, but you've got to have the time to, and energy to put into it uh, and, and make sure you've got a way to be able to cover the, the expenses that go along with it. Because as they said, Edward Jones, it was going to be a lot of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for, for the first couple of years until you could start making money. But when you get to a certain point and maybe that company grows enough that you can start to hire people and you can start to take a back seat, uh, maybe even you're lucky enough to generationally pass on your business uh, to, to your family or whatever, uh, there's a lot of wealthy people. And I can tell you from the work I did where I was reviewing you know, if investments were suitable for individuals and being able to review certain things like that when I was in the broker-dealer world, that I got to see a lot of behind the scenes of how people made their money. And it was a lot of individuals that started their own companies. So there was a lot of wealthy people that start their own companies. And the multimillionaires in the world are mostly from that side of it. It's not so much the corporate side. It's usually from starting your own business. But just know, you know, getting into it, hey, you got to be ready for the lump. So that, that's just a couple things on the on the small business side. The next is a small company. And I spent the majority of my time at small companies. Uh, I enjoyed working with small companies because um, you can really have a voice in, in what you're doing. And I was able to have a voice for many years and did a lot of good things. And, but the, you know, the companies, uh, one of them went on to, to sell out to a, to a very large company. And that was great to see. It was after I left, but I was still had a hand in that. And another one's still plugging along today. Haven't quite hit that, that next level yet, but, um, it, it's great to be able to have an impact. And if you want something where maybe you can have an impact, but you still want a salary, uh, you want benefits, you potentially want a 401k and all those things, uh, but you also want a little flexibility, but you also want some type of impact, then maybe a small business is, is a good place to look. A small company, maybe you know under 50 employees or so, uh, just, just to throw out a number. I, I started, the one company I started with was under 20 companies under 20 employees and one I recently left was under 25 employees, I think, or still is under 25. So a uh, lot of opportunity there to make some headwinds and you learn a lot and you learn a lot of different things and maybe things you didn't intend to learn. Um, I, I learned a lot of IT uh, side of the business. I, I learned uh, a lot of project management, things I didn't think I'd, I'd know and learn. 
So, you know, that's kind of one of the advantages to the small company side. D downside the small company side, again, it takes a long time for it to maybe pay off. Uh, a lot of bumps along the way, maybe a lot of lean times along the way. Uh, so maybe you're not going to get into that company. And I can tell you, I, I didn't get a lot of raises at the small company, never got a 401k match. Uh, I would say out of my 25 years working, I only had a 401k match for five years of that. Um, and so, you know, I, I think I, I did pretty good uh, putting my money away. I, I, that was always the intention was to put as much away as I could into my retirement plan and any uh, anything I got from the, the company was, was gravy on top of that. My wife on the other side has had fantastic benefits, got a lot of matches throughout the years and so on and so forth. Uh, and it's made a big difference. You can definitely tell the difference in, uh, in balances, but that's just something to think about as well. You're not going to have all the benefits and all the resources, uh, a lot of do it yourself stuff with a small business, but it's definitely still something if you want to try and make your way and, uh, and go from a job to a career, it's a cool way to make some inroads. And then the last side is the corporate side. And, you know, I, I think a lot of people, when they think about, um, you know, starting your small, a small business or doing it on your own, you think of the flexibility and how great it's going to be, but there's also of, you know, you, you, you eat what you kill and you've got to be making money all the time, especially if you're in sales, uh, if you're in the sales world, you've got to be, uh, you know, making money all the time. Whereas the corporate world, uh, probably the, one of the biggest benefits is having a salary. Um, I joke about this, but it's kind of, it's kind of true that you think about, especially if you have your own business, if you want to be successful, you've got to find a way to bring your A game every day. Um, small company, you can get away with your B game some days and be all right. Uh, corporation, A, maybe every now, every now and then you can bring your C game and, and it's okay. Uh, you can maybe hide out a little bit depending on the big, how big the company is. Um, but with the corporate world, it's, it's a lot tougher to make an impact on what you're doing. Um, and the best thing I can say to that is just to learn everything you can. Uh, don't rely on managers, don't rely on bosses, don't rely on your job to teach you things. Be willing to learn. Uh, one of my first bosses ever, um, he started out in the mailroom and he eventually was running an operations team. And I asked him one day, how, how'd you learn so much? How, how'd you learn all this knowledge? And he took me aside and said, I pretty much read everything that came through the mailroom. It, it was prospectuses, it was marketing materials. He just wanted to learn about the business and went from the mailroom to being very successful. So again, it's, it's that inner initiative that it's very tough to teach that. If you've got it, fantastic. You can probably be successful anywhere if you've got that initiative. Um, but if you don't have it, um, you know, corporations are good because you can you can show up and do your job um, and, and just focus on a job. And then maybe down the road, it becomes a career. Or maybe you find out that that corporation or that industry isn't for you and you can go to another corporation, but you're at least gaining experience and you have referrals you can fall back on. The great thing with having those referrals, though, is you want to make sure you don't burn bridges. You want to make sure that you're a good employee. And that's kind of the next step to this. So I kind of just, you know, went over the three areas. The last thing I'll say about the corporate world, fantastic benefits usually. You know, I, I know that insurance costs are going up and a lot more is being put on the employee. But especially if you can work your way into the better and better companies, uh, there are fantastic benefits out there and many benefits that you don't even know about. Um, I'll give you an example. We all know about 401ks. 
Uh, and then a lot of people hear about, and this is something you may get an offer from a smaller company is stock options. Well, stock options are great if a, a company sells itself, if it's not public yet, or if it goes public, yeah, you can make a lot of money as Zuckerberg and, and Elon Musk and all those folks. Um, but many times small companies give their employees stock options and they're not worth more than, you know, the, the paper they're written on. But in, in larger corporations, if you get in with companies that are already public and have stock, um, you know, the next step above getting 401ks are getting stock options. That's one, one level. And then as, as you move, maybe move higher, uh, not only do you get stock options, but you get these things called RSUs or restricted stock units. And they're actually better than options because options, you know, you may get options at $50 a share and the stock has to go over $50 a share for them to be worth something. Restricted stock is, hey, we're pretty much giving you this stock. And, you know, every year over the next three years, it's going to vest. And when it vests, that stock is pretty much a bonus to you. It's yours to sell or keep or whatever you want to do with. And I'm not going to get in all the details right now. I'll do that in another uh, advanced benefits program. But restricted stock is something. And then there's another level to it as well. I think we all know of executive plans and all the fancy executive plans that are out there, the golden parachutes and whatnot. But, you know, you don't even have to be an executive. Uh, you know, you could be at a vice president level, a large corporation or whatever, and get these extra defined benefit uh, plans. And they, they are like a 401k, except a 401k has limits on how much you can put in each year. But there's these extra benefit plans out there that if you making enough money, you can put away additional money into tax deferred accounts. And you can pretty much create a pension for yourself and say, when I retire, I want this amount of money that's going to grow over time to pay out over five years or 10 years or the, or the next 20 years. And every year you can make a decision on that. So those are extra defined benefit programs that are available out there that, you know, I didn't even know about 10, 15 years ago. But as you go through the workforce and as you start to go through different levels, there's a lot of different extra benefits out there that really add to your entire compensation package. And when you're looking at your job, you know, your job is your job, you're going to get paid, you know, maybe you're starting out working at a grocery store or whatever, nothing wrong with that, making 17, 20 bucks an hour now, they're paying pretty good. Uh, maybe get a 401k match, maybe they're willing to pay for your school. Great, take advantage of all that if you can. Uh, I did that as well. Uh, I did that with my first job and took advantage and finished up my uh, my college degree, uh, having it paid for by the by the company, which was fantastic. Didn't have student loan debts and so on and so forth. So a lot of companies do that. I know locally, you know, UPS. I think Amazon does that. Uh, some others out there as well. Um, so that that's one way to take advantage. But that total compensation plan. As you maybe get into a company, you start to look at, okay, this is my pay, this is my match on my 401k, these are the benefits I get. Okay, maybe as a whole, I may not be getting a giant salary, but the entire compensation package is really good. And then as you get into the corporate level and work your way up, I mean, you may find without even being a CEO or whatever that your entire compensation package could be double what your actual actual salary is, or maybe even triple, uh, depending on how much stock and things you get like that. So those are the exciting things as you get further down the road with your career uh, that you start to uncover. Um, but how do you get further down the road and how do you, you know, advance yourself and try and take a step up everywhere you go? Uh, I'm going to close with just some things I've learned. Um, that you know if you're just starting out or maybe you're working you'll get a kick out of these or maybe you've got some other ideas as well feel free to shoot them to me um but i think it first and foremost it starts with you as an employee 
there's certain things you can do. And I've seen posts on this. And maybe if I find it, I'll, I'll put on Instagram or Twitter, the post, but there's certain things you can do as an individual every single day that it's not hard to be a good employee. It's not hard to be a remarkable employee. Um, but there's certain things you got to do show up on time, if not early. I mean, for me, it was I'm never showing up on time, I'm going to be there early, uh, a few minutes early, I'm not, you know, going to be crazy and be there two hours early every day, but I'm gonna be there, be ready to go when when time starts and when the work starts. And I think anymore, you've got to understand it's not nine to five. Uh, you're you may be, you know, burning it till 530 or six o'clock certain nights, depending on your job, whatever you're doing. Um, but you know, be prepared, be on time, be reliable, show up to work, don't call off to work all the time. Uh, with remote work nowadays, you've got a little more flexibility if you can take advantage of it. Uh, so you can do things around the house, get some things done. Uh, but yeah, you know, be on time, be able to have a good attitude. I know a lot of people are dealing with a lot of things at home, but when you get to work, have a good attitude, don't be a gossip. Um, you know, you can really get into trouble that way. Uh, those are just little things you can do to be good. And I will say this, and I, and I try not to swear and cuss, but I, I'm going to use this as it's not a cuss word. I think it's true. Don't be an asshole. Don't be an asshole at work. Um, be a team player, be there willing to help. But there is a term, speaking of assholes, that we have used, uh, that I've used with others a long time. And that is if you are in the work environment and there always will be those people that are um that can be assholes outlast the assholes i want you to remember that term outlast the assholes they will eventually burn out and go away it it always happens it may it may happen in one year it may happen in three or four years they will eventually flame out and go away if you see it other people see it as well and that employee is going to go away so just remember that term uh and maybe when you're in some tough times at work or you're dealing with some tough things just if, if you like what you're doing, you enjoy the job, it's, it's a good rewarding uh, job that you're working on, a good rewarding career, but you're concerned about other employees, just remember that. Outlast the assholes and you'll continue to progress through the years. Um, other thing I will say that is not done enough and one thing I tried to do a lot of is give credit to others. Give credit to others, um, make others better at their job, give them credit whether you're their manager, whether you're underneath them, maybe they're a peer of yours, but give others credit when they deserve it. You will find over time, they will do the same for you. And it's just the right way to do work. Uh, I know a lot of these environments can be very cutthroat, but if you do the right thing, time over time, it's going to pan out. It's going to play out at the best for you. And maybe it won't at that certain job. Maybe you'll find a, hey, you know, I give people credit all the time and people take credit for everything and you leave and go somewhere else it's going to come back to you tenfold down the road. Somewhere down the road, someone's gonna come back and say, this person was an amazing employee. They're gonna give you a referral somewhere else uh, or have your back uh, because it is a small world nowadays with LinkedIn and social media and everything, uh, staying in touch with former employees and employers. Everyone's still gonna keep their eye on you. Uh, so it's just good to know that information and just, uh, again, try not to burn bridges and as much as you can. So, you know, I've hit on some things here that um, hopefully will help you whether you're in your career or just starting in your career, there's a lot to uncover out there. And I can't go over 25 years in 20 minutes, but I at least wanted to focus on that for this period of time. And the last thing I'll say in regards to that, that always helped us out specifically with money is if you get a raise, if you get more money, if you get more benefits, 
Do your best to try and pay yourself and pay your retirement accounts before you do anything else. I know, you know, maybe times are tough and you're living uh, paycheck to paycheck or whatever it may be. But if you can try and give a boost to your 401k or give a boost to your stock uh, purchase plan or whatever it is before you pay yourself. If you don't see the money and it's working for you, it's going to do so much more for you. Just try and keep doing that. Don't take away your 401k match. Don't you know, stop doing your 401k. Uh, just always continue to try and put money away and build on that over the years. And it will pay off for you, I promise. Uh, so again, I'm Kevin Hissong, a little different one in this episode. I made it through one take. Uh, we're going to go rest and let COVID do its thing for the rest of the day here. But uh, join me, Rain Over Money, uh, rainovermoney.com, Instagram, Twitter. Thanks so much for joining us. And we will see you next time on Rain Over Money. I'm Kevin Hissong. Take care, everyone. See you.